Thank you so much, Patty, for joining us today on the We Don't Play podcast show. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm really happy to be here. I love the vibe of your podcast. I've been listening to, to the shows and it's just real chill. And I love that, that whole vibe that you have going. So thanks for having me. Really, really appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Just to ask you off the bat, what favorite episode do you like on the podcast so far? Well, there's a guy that you had about uh, financial freedom. So that's something that my highest value is freedom. So I'm always looking for things. That's something that perked my my ears. I was like, oh, I want to hear, you know, and just the stories of the entrepreneurs. You had one, and the reason why I reached out to you, you had one young girl, maybe 13, 15, 16, something like that. Mm -hmm. She blew me away with, I think it was with Pinterest or something. I was blown away with her episode too. I was like, wow, this is amazing how in this day and age, you know, it truly is your own economy. People can start a business uh, wherever they want and whatever they want. And so a lot of the guests that you've had really show up in that way. So I really appreciate the sentiment because I'm such an advocate for being an entrepreneur, seeing yourself in the way that you can build a business the way you want create your own economy regardless of what's going on in the external world that is true i appreciate that yes definitely those are the people who you know bring it to the forefront and when you hear their stories and you think about what you're doing with your own business it kind of like lights a spark in you you know you start to do things differently because you're like oh if this person could do it how old is this person you know why can't i do it the same way exactly right yeah so this is exactly right it shows you what's possible Absolutely. Exactly. Wow. I'm so thrilled that you're here. And I would love people to know more about you, Patty. And like, you know, who are you? What have you been doing? What have you been working on? And how did you get to this point where being the founder of Positioning to Profit, how did this all come along? <laughs> Thanks, Robert. So I, so I'm Patty Dominguez. For those of you that are listening, I'm a positioning expert, and it wasn't always that way. Um, I grew up in a very blue-collar family, and I was always taught the biggest dream my parents had for me was for me to go to college to get a job. And so f- for my dad, he said, I want you to have a door, meaning an office. He's like, I want you to have a door, and I want you to have a nice car, and I want you to have a cell phone, right? And so he was a carpenter his whole life, and so that was his big dream. And then that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm gonna go to school. I'm going to do the things. And what I realized is the higher the ladder I went, the more miserable I became, and I just wasn't satisfied. And well, sometimes things drastically have to happen for things to switch up in your life, you know? Yeah. And back in 2008, I was laid off because the economy right it it, it crashed in 2008 Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was laid off and I picked up Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad and that changed my life because I really recognized that this my entire life I had been operating from a trading time for money perspective and there's there was a, a huge clarity that came to me as a result of that it's like oh you do want to be an entrepreneur you want to create a business system for yourself but the reality is even if i had an mba and i understood the concepts of having a business i never saw it for myself i know that sounds almost ridiculous but you are a product of your environment and your upbringing and all the things you know and again i grew up very inner city very blue collar very (laughs) very um simple in the way of like it's enough to get a good job so 
anyway, I started down this whole process of like, okay, how do I become an entrepreneur? And so January 9th of 2013, so it's been exactly 10 years, literally from the day of this recording, basically that I quit my job. And I thought that my corporate experience would be enough but I also didn't realize just how different entrepreneurship is. And the reason I re uh, and the reason I'm saying that is because just saying, oh, I have this degree or doing this kind of thing, it's not enough, you know? And so I put myself out there and I said, okay, I'm gonna do some consulting, I'm gonna do marketing consulting. Now that phrase is so generalized that it wasn't standing out. Because think about it, if you just say I'm a consultant, what does that mean, right? A consultant for what? It's too macro level. And so what I recognized for in that timeline of becoming an early entrepreneur, I recognized a couple of things. It was the mindset that I needed to figure myself out in the way that being an entrepreneur, I had a very, very pivotal moment where I was freaking out about money because having been an employee for so long, I recognized that regardless of what was going on, every two weeks I was getting my paycheck. So I could be super productive or I didn't have to be as productive because it didn't matter, I always got my paycheck every two weeks. In entrepreneurship, you have to create your own results. And an early mentor of mine said, why are you freaking out? Entrepreneurs create new money whenever they want. And I was like, what? That was like a huge moment for me because I recognized, I'm like, it's up to me. You know, it's up to me. I have no limits. There is no cap. There is no ceiling. It's up to me. And then, so that was the first part is the internal wiring around money and deserving and all these other things. And then the other side of it is like, how do I stand out in a crowded market? Because just talking about your schooling and your certifications, that's not enough. That doesn't stand out. But if you if you pinpoint and you target in and you zone in on finding a white space, what I call white space, if you position yourself so that you're differentiated, that's when things start changing. And that's when, to me, the big epiphany I had was I was doing a consulting gig with a company and I was on this call and there was like brand team, the advertising agency, all these people were on a Zoom calls, a bunch of people were talking about this new product introduction. And the product was a cookie. It's like that chocolate chip cookie. That's why I have that here in the video. <laughs> and it was like the big moment. I was like, holy crap, like, I can't believe that all these people are on this call to talk about a cookie and entrepreneurs, we're not talking about positioning. So that's when I knew I'm like, I'm gonna be talking about positioning. So what I do is I help women uh, in business or so service-based entrepreneurs establish their category of one. What it means is like we all come in and have our own unique abilities that we're not highlighting enough. And so that's where I'm really passionate about bringing that zone of genius and talented people so they have a message to share because their message matters. So that's what I do. That is beautiful. I'm happy that you're doing this for the community because a lot of people like you need to be out there to let other people know that they're not alone, especially in entrepreneurship right. where we feel like, man, nobody's listening. There are crickets everywhere. If everything is going well, yay. If everything is going bad, nay. So there's always this right. balancing factor that comes in for entrepreneurs, which sometimes we don't really get to see until something happens. But when you are having that accountability partner and that person that is pushing you on and cheering you on, then you can feel like I'm not the only person in the room trying to get a mission or a statement done. So it's really yeah. important to look at it that way. And you mentioned something very important about branding and positioning. Now, someone who is building their brand 
may hear those terms every day, but don't, they don't really know the difference between a brand and the positioning of a brand. So could you tell us a little yeah. bit more about that? Yes, it's a very important question because the fact is when people go off on their own, they're really focusing on their website and their logo and what kind of logo am I going to get and what are my colors on my website <laughs> and all that stuff. And I laugh because I'm like, oh my God, that's the wrong place to start. And the reason I say that is because and I use this as a visual so that people see how important this is. So if I were to say to you, uh, you can build your dream house. There is no budget. The sky's the limit. What kind of house do you want? Right. And so then you tell me I want, you know, a castle or I want a super modern or whatever it may be. So the place to start to build that dream house is where it's in constructing the blueprints. Right, so you need to hire an architect for the blueprints because the blueprints is going to establish the foundation of how your beautiful, perfect dream house is going to live, like where it's gonna be and how it's going to be built so that the foundation is rock solid. That is what positioning means. Positioning is the strategy. It's the message, your market, your offers, it's the foundation, right? So that once you have that, then you can go into branding. The branding is the visual interpretation of the positioning. So branding is the equivalent of now that you're in your dream house, you can talk about the paint colors, the curtain colors, how, how your granite counters are gonna look or what kind of counters you want. That's branding, the visual side of it. So where most people fall short is they skip positioning altogether, which is why when you're going out there and you're promoting your business, random acts of marketing happen because you're just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks and then you're wondering why things like wow it's lonely i'm not getting results nobody's listening to me why because you don't have a tight focus on who is it that you want to serve and what problems are you solving for and are you saying the message in a way that connects with them so much so that they say oh my god it's like you're in my head like you so get me Right. And so that's the difference is creating this foundation first. No different than if you were building a dream home, then you focus on all the other stuff like branding and where you should be and what platform to be on and all that stuff. But people don't do it in that order. Right. People go and get the colors and the beautiful symbols and they're like, hey, I have a brand. And then they forget to even trademark it. You know, like there's so many layers right. on that. So when people are creating brands, there's this thing about psychology of branding or color psychology. How important is it for brands to consider their colors when they're choosing the niche that they're picking? Because sometimes when you hear the word niche, it's like, okay, is this a small circle, but there's more to the circle. There's more value to the circle. So how do you validate the color based on the psychology of the brand you're trying to create for your marketing plan? Yeah, that's a good question. I will say, though, I'm not a graphic designer. Uh, I'm not an artist either, so I want to be really fair with that. But what I can say is that I think an easy thing to do is colors, they, they evoke emotion, right? And so if you think about the financial industry or the banking industry, they do the grays and the blues and that kind of thing, right? So, um, or if you have a young teen brand they're usually pinky and and like kind of yellow and pops it pops and all that stuff so colors evoke emotion 
And I think an opportunity is for you to say when everybody is when everybody's digging, you want to zag. So if there are people, so even in your podcast art, okay. So your podcast art, if you were to take the podcasts that are popular in your category and you put the thumbnails of the podcast on a page, what? And if you put your podcast artwork in that mix, is it popping? Right, so that's why you want to pop like where the eye is going. Typically, if you have a red, your eye will go to that. If you have yellow, your eye will go to that. And so there's a reason when you are putting together your color scheme, what emotion is it evoking in it? And is that emotion in alignment with the emotion that you want to project, right? So if you have like lime green and neon pop and you're like and then okay that's a really specific vibe but then your vibe is like cool cool and just chill like it doesn't go together right so you really want to be in alignment with the emotions that you want to evoke and to make sure that it's representative of the sentiment of the experience so i would go about it that way at a really macro level is just taking a look first as like the emotions you want to evoke and then also doing the comparison in terms of where your competition is. Is every, If everyone's going with blues and grays, no, don't play it safe and be more of the same is ask yourself a question like, how can I pop? Like, how can I stand out? How can I differentiate? Because at the end of the day, we want to differentiate wherever possible. And that means with the colors on your website or the look of your website, because there's a lot of different tools that are out there that say oh we'll give you a template and so for uh, i see a lot of different types of coaches and solopreneurs their websites all look basically the same because they've bought a template and so you're templatizing your branding instead of really figuring out what is it that makes you different right just putting more depth into the way that you want to show up i think is really essential and you shouldn't gloss over that either that's a great point you mentioned there, templatizing your brand. I don't I haven't heard that yeah. before because people use that and say my brand is great and you know everybody's copying each other's marketing plan because we're in this yeah. red ocean instead of building your own deep blue ocean strategy. Yeah, I, I that's exactly it. You, you've nailed it. Um, the the problem with me too or the copycat i should say not me too because it has a different reference but the the problem with copycat marketing is that people will look at the one big whale or the couple big whales in the market and they'll be like okay well if i'm exactly like that then i'll be popular and the fact is no you're not you're only ever going to be a second rate version of that person instead of just picking and staying in your own lane and say, well, what's representative of how you want to show up? Because that's the thing, and I know before we hit the go light button, we were talking about how things are changing and it's really fast paced and you have AI and you have all these cool tools. And so they can become threats in the market, like competitive threats, or saying everything's templatized to keep it easy. But what's never gonna go out of style is that there's only one of you. Right? There's only one of you and there's only the sentiment and the philosophies and your core values and the way that you show up and your reason for being. And so the thing that I think is so dynamic about creating a personal brand is that you want to highlight, I know that sounds almost cliche, the authenticity of who you are. And I recognize that for me personally, I'm never going to come, well, I shouldn't say never, but I'm not going to compete with the big brands, right? Like the big people, the big coaches in my space. 
what I can do though is show up as me and and so what is really and this may get a little woo but what you can't dispute is resonance right the resonance when you resonate with someone and that person tells you I don't know why but I really want to work with you why it's because you resonate with them with what it what you're talking about and your vibe and your reason for being and your sharing that person is going to connect with you why because it's you because at the end of the day if we were to look at how to show up with your marketing you can find all the answers you want on youtube i mean let's face it right but the way that you differentiate is by projecting more of the thing that makes you you that is different that nobody else can dispute that nobody else can challenge you from your experiences then that's going to attract people because they're like dang i mean she really knows what she's talking about and i really connect with her message and that's what you want more of that's really critical thank you so much for clarifying that you know as you were mentioning this i was like you know what it would be really nice to see if we can put a case in point and maybe you could give us an example of one of your clients in the recent past that you've worked with that you took through that journey and you highlighted some of their weaknesses and their strengths to see how the best outcome for their business could be. Is there any in mind you can think of? Yeah, I, I would say that a recent client of mine that is so, she's so awesome. She came from corporate, she's in Japan. And I really admire her so much because she left a very successful career and she wants to reinvent herself and she's really passionate. I believe that mastery is so overlooked, meaning I respect so much when people have that like OG, like I put in the time and the, and the expertise to learn this thing. Like I have so much respect for that. So she studied in Japan uh, under a master key expert and basically it's about life force, energy and breathing and, and there's just this new way of breathing that that uh, infuses your cells with more energy. I'm, I'm totally not explaining it in the way that I, it should be. I, I'm, I'm not giving it as due justice but what I want to convey is that she wanted to share this gift because it, it gives longevity to life it it heals people's you know anxiety and worry and all these things i'm like and she's so passionate about it right so she came to me and she was like listen i've taken all these courses and i've done all these things and i'm just not connecting with people and then i said okay well tell me about what you do and so she can back up what she can do so that's the first thing is that if you're putting yourself out there you want to make sure right to be in integrity and say yes i can back up what i'm talking about so we wanted to find her differentiation we wanted to find the white space right you called it the bloody ocean so much competition out there and so it's finding the white space i call it white space or the blue ocean or you refer to it and so i said okay so tell me more what do you do and so it's really finding out and so what i found out through a conversation with her she's 60 okay she just turned 60 and she has never gone through a woman's change of life like when your hormones change like and and they're going through like menopause and stuff like that i was like wait a minute what what did you just say she's like i've never i don't know what that's like i'm like are you kidding me here's the reason before that moment okay she was talking about her breathing technique and stuff like that and people would show up and they would be like oh this is so great miyako thank you for sharing thank you and then they would leave and they wouldn't buy her thing. Mm. And the reason is this, because their pain wasn't great enough. So ask yourself this question. If your offer, if that thing that you are doing is not solving for a problem, 
an even better and urgent problem, then your offer or your product is just a nice to have. And that's the worst place to be. Because if it's not a priority, if it's not solving for a problem, if it's not healing and people are like, man, I really got this problem that I want to solve for. If you can't, if you can't get somebody at that state, your product and service is probably not going to sell. Okay. And then you're going to struggle. Now, when we found out after having that conversation, I'm like, wait a minute, what'd you say? You've never had a half. She's like, oh no, we don't do, we don't have that in Japan. And I was like, oh my God, this is exactly your angle. This is your angle. So when she found her niche, when she found the message, because women around after the age of 45 or so, they start having these changes, you know, hormonal changes, or maybe a woman that has gone through a hysterectomy or any of these things, they are struggling. They can't sleep. They have headaches. They are crabby. They have all of these sweats and this and that. And all of the things that she teaches heals that. Mm. So now the conversation is different because she was helping somebody with an urgent problem. Everything shifted in her business, right? So that's what we want to get to. And what's so cool and what I admire about her is at the age of 60, she started her YouTube channel and she's and she's talking about it on TikTok and she's putting herself out there. So that's why your positioning has to be first so that you have a message that's clear and resonates and solves for a problem. Then you craft the, the offers that make sense. Now you can go and activate and show up on socials and do all the things so that people can find you with that thing that you could solve for. And that's how, in her case, and I, I love her example because she's an older woman and and it's like, it's never too late. It's never too late to start a business or to share your passion. And I think it's absolutely possible when you have these foundational principles in place. I'm so happy that I decided <laughs> to ask you this question. <laughs> Because it wasn't even part of the questions I wanted to ask. But when you mentioned something like that, I said, let's let's see what this takes us to. Because one thing that came to mind was somebody who is at that age, who is thriving, that means a 12-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 25-year-old should be like, what am I doing with my life? You know, it's like a wake-up call. <laughs> it's a wake-up yeah. call because it also shows that... Yeah you have time to do these things but because of imposter syndrome because of peer pressure yes and all these things we're weighed down and we don't really have that light or beacon of light to show others that this is what i can do whether you like it or not this is what's making my money and this is what's putting food on the table but some people don't get to that point yeah. where they feel like they want to be liberated by that you know idea yeah, that's a really, really important point that you made because for me personally, so I have this whole thing, right? So I learned all these positioning things when I was in my corporate job for a really long time and you can put that together. But then I, what I really found out is, is I was working with people and then really recognized that exactly that, exactly what you said, they would go through the imposter syndrome, who am I? And oh, I don't know if I'm an expert and this, that. Well, how, how, how much longer do you think? How many more hours do you think it's going to take for you to really realize that you are an expert. And so what I recognize, and this is really the genesis of the framework that I teach, is that it starts with internal positioning. And internal positioning is all about, it's really discovering that your business results will always match your identity every time, no matter what. 
right? Have you ever recognized that there's people that could take the same course, the same group coaching, the same program, somebody does nothing with it, the other person can make multiple millions. Why is that? It's the same course. So it's not the course, it's not that, it's the way, it's your identity, it's the internal workings. And so I have a, a program within my program is called Meet My Higher Self, and it's about recognizing the 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 multifaceted approach around discovering how you have to be in alignment uh, with your internal positioning. Is like really seeing yourself as the expert because if you don't, nobody else will, right? So I always say I'm like you can't wait for anyone to anoint you the expert. And I talk about, it's, I call it the trite of her success, and it's like the self-love, because I know that may sound hokey to people, but if you have imposter syndrome, that's a lack of self-love, right? It's where you don't trust yourself enough to show up in the way that you can. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of it is your intuition. I can tell you in my business over the past 10 years, the moments that I've had massive failures slash feedback because all it is is feedback is when i went against my my business intuition right i i negated the intuition the inner calling no you should do this i'm like ah, oh, and then i got convinced to do that and then it just didn't work out in my favor and then the third part of that whole internal positioning thing is just really understanding the the that there's laws of like abundant of being abundant right it's just people being scared to charge their worth People being scared to say, oh, I'm scared to ask for money. I hate sales and doing all these kind of things that, again, imposter syndrome. You got to get that stuff squared away first or at least put in some real work before you can do all these mechanics. And what I see that is pretty insidious is that people are like, well, maybe if I get another course and I learn this, then that will help me in my business. Or if I hire that coach and then now do that, these are just self-sabotaging behaviors in a lot of cases because you're not putting yourself out there why because you have imposter syndrome why because i don't feel good enough why because i'm afraid of judgment all of these things that show up and we think it's another course that we need mm. and all that leads to is coursearitis <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so i so i tell my clients i'm like let your credit card cool off and promise me you're not going to buy anything for a hundred days because in these 100 days, we're gonna be working on you, on yourself. What are your beliefs? What are the underlying reasons that you feel that you're stuck and that you're not getting ahead? It all has to do with the way that you see yourself. And so I've gone through it, I've gone through it big time where I reach a certain income level. I'm like, man, I can't get beyond that income level. I have an upper limit problem. So the, all of this is all part of that journey of getting into that place where you can become a profitable entrepreneur. Co confidence and clarity, certainty, conviction, showing up at a different level. But it all starts with the internal stuff first. So true. So, so true. You know, I think this is really where people have to sit back and go back to the drawing board and ask themselves what do they really want for their business and who do they really want to solve the problem for because that yeah. that ideal custom avatar is always confusing because they don't know okay is it 35 to 50 is it 60 to 65 is it the kids is it the teens is it the mothers we don't know those things but because we are testing every day we'll end up finding those things and sometimes when people think about their business they don't know how to start you know, so right. what are the best tips you can give someone who is building a business today and saying, okay, by this time next year, 
this is where I want to be. But before I get there, how do I reverse engineer that process? What kind of tips and, and strategies can they be able to apply starting today? I'll tell you, one of the things that I wish I would have done sooner is, and I didn't understand this until maybe five years ago, is the importance of core values. I talk about it all the time now because I think it's so important. And I went through a core value exercise. I mean, I have one in my community, but you can find something online like how to how to uh, how to discover your core values. You know, you can do it pretty simply. That is huge. I wish I would have done it sooner. And the reason I say that is because I didn't realize that my highest value is freedom. And I actually we talked about it right at the beginning of the show. That's how I operate. Everything I do is like, it's gotta honor my core values, you know what I mean? And I recognize, I'm like, ugh, that's why I was so miserable in corporate. That's why. Because I, I worked with great people, I was intellectually stimulated, I made you know great money, but I was so miserable. And the reason is because it was brushing up against my core value of freedom. I don't like people telling me what to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I did it for so long and then I didn't even recognize that. So I'm like, oh shit, now I understand why I don't, I, why I don't function in that way. Perfect. So when you operate with your core values, then opportunities that come to you, check in with yourself. Is this honoring my core value? I was in a business partnership that unfortunately failed. Why? Because of freedom. Like there's just certain elements that I wish somebody would have told me that sooner to say, listen, make sure you're honoring your core values. It's almost like your true north, your internal compass that is never going to steer you wrong. And when you operate with your core values, it's a game changer. And then again, if you're starting, okay, how do I reverse engineer this? Well, what do you want? Most of the time I work with my my new clients or whatever, they're gonna tell you everything about what they don't want, right? I'm struggling with this and I can't make this, or I'm really that, I'm really, you're telling me everything of what you don't want, but what do you want? Because people somehow feel undeserving or they don't stop to ask themselves, well, what is it that I want? You know, what do I want? Or giving themselves permission to say, this is what I want and boldly just own it, right? And then once we do all that foundational work, why is it that you want it? Because I mean, the classic that people will tell you is like, I wanna make a million dollars. Everybody says that, I wanna make a million dollars in my business. Well, why do you want that? And it's like, well, because it'll prove that I'm a success. Why does that matter, right? So you get into the real psychological reasons of why people, why they want what they want. Maybe they recognize that it's not about the million dollars. Maybe it's, you can have a really fantastic multiple six figures because you want more freedom, right? So for me, I am all about the, the less I work, the more I make. That's the mantra that goes on in my head all the time. Where can I create leverage or passive income and this and that. Why? Because freedom is my highest value. I want more time. I don't want like I. I'm not a morning person, so I don't take any meetings before noon. So again, what do you want? What do you want from your business? Most people don't do that. And then it's a matter of going into the business framework and the mechanics and the funnels and all the other stuff and the targets, which anybody can do. You can find that information. But I feel like where most people don't take the time to really recognize is this first part of what I'm talking about so essential oof this is great this is so so great thank you for this knowledge and information because you know now that someone has an idea on how to start their business and what to do 
now that we hear oh we're in a recession some people don't believe it some people believe it and it's like i don't know if it's true i don't know if it's something that is something that's gonna change my life perspective but in a tough economy because you went through it in 2008 you know how does someone do it today or even bulletproofing themselves for tomorrow with the least of uncertainties how do they bulletproof their business so they don't feel like oh i don't have any clients i don't have any income how do i sustain my business what are the things that they have to do to bootstrap that um, strategy that's a really 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 great question (laughs) because it's the reality of what's going on you know I got invited into um, a group, it's like a business, like it's like a think tank mastermind and whatnot. And the thing that I thought was really interesting is I'm the small fish in that pond. There's people that are eight figure, nine figure earners, I mean really big. And part of me went into imposter shit and I'm like, damn, I shouldn't even be here. You know what I mean? Like these people are playing at a way different level. And I'm like, of course I deserve to be here. This is good. This will stretch me. So. What was so fascinating about this forever is like, these people are excited about the economy. Isn't that interesting? Mm. They're excited about the downturn in the economy. So that just goes to show you that your perspective, your interpretation of the economy is just that. It's an interpretation. Because the people who have money are excited about it because they see it as a, a endless opportunity. Right. So what if we embody that same mindset of it being full of opportunity where people are scared that your your time and your chance to lead? And before we hit the the live button, I said, yeah, I feel like this fuel, like I'm getting out there, I'm putting myself out there. That's what you have to do. Show up, show up, be the leader, because most people are starving to be led. So if you have the calling to do stuff and to grow your business, understand that that's coming through you. So you have a responsibility to put yourself out there. And so the limitations of what you create is only guarded by that, your limitations. Because I can tell you, the people that are super successful, they see it as endless opportunity. And so it is where your attention is. If your attention is on the lack or, oh my God, or I'm so scared, then you're just gonna get more of that. If we really recognize the power of our thinking, the power of our thoughts, and that you are what you think about all day long, you're gonna think some new thoughts or just be really very cognizant. My favorite quote in the whole world is stand guard at the doorway of your mind, right? So you wanna be conditioning your mind on the daily with what is it that you want? Because notice, I go back to, most people will focus on what they don't want instead of recognizing that they can focus on what they do want. And then it's about the law of Goya. The law of Goya is get off your ass and do something. Put yourself out there, be out there, be talking about your message, have certainty, have conviction, because these are the people that people follow. So if you wanna make a change and if you wanna stand out, it's never been a better time, right? Regardless, create your own economy. That's what the opportunity is. Spot on. This is spot on. I love that law of Goya because people don't really get off their asses. They're just like, man, I'll just wait. Something will happen and I'll just figure it out. Shit. (laughs) You know? No. No. What's so fascinating is that whatever you want to believe in, creator of the universe, laws of the universe, whatever it is, but there's this like invisible law 
of momentum. Like when you get into action, things start opening up and you're almost like, hey, you know, I'm like, things are opening up and things are coming. And what is that thing that I'm saying to myself all day long? Like people need what I have and people, it's fascinating what happens when you get into action. It's like a universal law. It's just like if I take this pen and I drop it, it's a law of gravity. Right? There's just laws that are that are indisputable. Where the law of action is that action begets action. It's just like it's just action. Action, action, action. And the other side of it is like not adding any emotion to it. Right? Because a lot of times we'll like be like, oh, what if I put this out there and it doesn't work? Stop it. Stop being attached to what you think it's gonna look like. Just put it out there and focus on what you want because it's never gonna show up the way you think it's gonna show up. And if you release like this need to grasp on and be like, oh, I have to be in control. I used to be like that, but I was so in control of control that I was out of control. Mm. You know what I mean? And when I released it and I was like, you know what? I know in good faith what I have to share is needed in the world. It's important. Here's who I want to track. Here's why. And here's the reason. And I'm in integrity and I'm passionate about what I do. And I know like I know that I can help people. Well, damn, like things just start opening up for you. So many people rob themselves of like really showing up in that way and, and putting themselves out there and just saying, you know what, this is what I want. I got my my eye on the vision. So many of these like TikTokers that I see, a couple of them come to mind. There's this guy, Keith Lee. I don't know if you've seen him on TikTok. I admire him so much. He's unbelievable. Um, he's in, in Las Vegas. And he's, he's a TikTok, it's Keith Lee. And what he does is he's like, I just wanna do TikToks. I wanna support my family. I wanna be an influencer. But what I wanna do is save businesses that are struggling in Las Vegas by me going, uh, buying food, and then I'll give you an honest review. But I'm gonna be honest, right? So he has literally, I think he has like 7 million followers now and he literally goes into a restaurant and completely changes their outcome and it all started with him having a vision like a really clear vision of what he wanted to do and why he wanted to do it and you're just holding on to that and with such conviction that it's happening for him he's so inspiring to me and the the other dude that's just as expiring that um on tiktok and youtube his name is vic blends so same deal struggling struggling he's like a barber of all things he's a barber so he hangs out in the streets and he's like can i bless you with a haircut can i bless you with a free haircut you've seen him i don't know if you've seen him yeah so then he gets he's so cool he gets people in his chair and he's like doing like he's coaching them and talking about life and being inspirational and now his channel has millions and millions of followers so that just goes to show you these are ways that they're positioning their brand to profit why? Because they're leading, they're holding a vision and they're putting themselves out there. And I have mad respect for that because you can do it too. Just see it as something like if they can, so can I. And there's something really empowering when you take a look at it from that perspective. Thank you so much for that. I was looking at those two accounts and I'm definitely going to be checking them out for sure. Because yeah. TikTok is definitely a place where you find a lot of things. You're like, whoa, <laughs> where did this I know, come it's- from? unbelievable and you can do it on any platform right like on youtube or whatever it's just putting yourself out there and like 
why I admire them so much is because they held the vision and like, this is what I want to do, you know? Because yes, you're going to get haters, you're going to get people like, you're going to do what? Because if you think about it, in both of their cases, and the reason why I like their stories, is like Keith Lee, like what? You're reviewing food, but look at what's happened. And then in big blends, like you're a barber. Like if you people are like, you're just a barber. No, you're not. You're, you're, you're storytelling, you're creating impact. I think it's so beautiful. I am very inspired by both of those stories. Yeah, I think a lot of people will definitely check them out. And thank you for highlighting that as well. It just puts the whole episode into reality and puts you in check, knowing that this is exactly what you need to do. So I really appreciate for you sure. for being here, Patty Dominguez, for just spending time with us today and learning from you on how you can be able to brand and position yourself in the industry where there's so much saturation and so much content out there but you can definitely be one of the very few who can come out and stand out looking outstanding for the community you want to serve so i appreciate that thank you thank you it's a pleasure yeah and if anyone's interested in in um finding how you're positioning so is it okay if i share is that okay if yeah like, yeah go share? ahead you beat me to it <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to sue i, I want to be really respectful because this is your channel so um thank you for that so basically you can go to positioningquiz.com positioningquiz.com and you could take the quiz and see and i talk about those three things internal position external and activation and then i'm a giver like i love giving and i love serving so in my email list you'll get lots of like mini courses and check out this podcast this is what i talk about here and it's going to help you um, to build your business so that you can stand out and create your category of one and my general website you could just go to positioningexpert.com and it'll take you right to my website. Thank you so much for that. And for those who are looking for it too, you already know you can find it in the show notes in the description. So you just tap on the link and you can be able to find it there. So I appreciate you and I'll definitely look forward to having you back in our next season for sure. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate you. Anytime.